Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God. We want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Post Sunday Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra, along with Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What's going on, my man? We are back. Excited. Lots as we end out Abraham. And uh, whether you've been listening or you're new, this is going to be good. It is going to be good, man. This one one really hit because uh, I think a lot of people are very familiar with what we're going to be talking about. And so, uh, you know, like we've done as per usual, just really dig deeper Dig deeper in what it is uh, throughout these stories and where God is really speaking. Uh, but we want to thank you, first off, uh, for joining us here at the Post Sunday Podcast. If you're new with us, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, what is Post Sunday Podcast? Well, we are uh, we're presented by Genesis Church Orlando. We're a podcast dedicated to diving deeper into the Word of God. We also uh, will air weekly. And so it's a, basically a continuation of Sunday's Word at Genesis Church Orlando, where we now try to apply more practical applications, questions, etc., things that you can really take with you. And uh, it's it's difficult for Pastor Tim to uh, bring all of this into a thirty minute sermon. So this is this is the this is the purpose of it. So you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms, but also to follow us on Instagram on Post Sunday Podcast. But most importantly, come check us out, Genesis Church Orlando. We have our live services going on at 9 o'clock, as well as 11.30. So you can check all that out, youtube.com backslash Genesis Church Orlando and facebook.com backslash Genesis Church Orlando. So episode eight, let's get right to it, man. Let's Abraham go. and Isaac. Yes. So Ooh. you, for those that are listening and you lean into this today with us, what we're excited about is that um, as we've been moving along through the story of God, not being able to hit every single chapter, but key stories. Um, this is the first time we've sat in something for, you know, three weeks. And obviously you could sit in it for a long time, Yeah. but to sit in it just for three weeks alone and try to pull out of it as much as we can. And we still, I mean, think about that. We still haven't hit all the chapters, all the details of the story. And this is what we keep saying. This is what it makes it the never ending story of God. Cause you can keep coming back to new pieces of the story. You'd missed, you overread, you moved too through quickly. You didn't understand the first time around and it just keeps, keeps connecting and doing something to you. And as we were talking with our team here, uh, even today was that, uh, we have to remember God has given us his very words to breathe in. Mm. And so we can't necessarily see God like physically. We can't touch God physically. Um, we get his words. And so just like in Genesis 2, he breathed the breath of life into us. Yeah. He has breathed into the scriptures and we have them. And because we have them, not only do we cherish them, we need to just absorb them and have a hunger for them like never before. Yeah, man. You keep bringing up this uh, particular word throughout a lot of our stories, which I think is very central to what basically the gospel is all about, right? And so you mentioned this, you say obedience is not just how fast you respond, but about how long you are willing to stay with it. 
And that's that key word there. And that word's going to really tie into what we're talking about here today. And I think it's a really central word to all of this. Uh, but run us through. You talked about 10 tests of Abraham. Uh, we don't have to go through all of them, yep. but just kind of what he went through as an individual. Um, yeah, like I said, we didn't hit all 10. Yeah. And so we only hit pieces, but they're all connected and interwoven. And there's this, I'm an A personality, you know, so like, and you know this about yep. me, like, Everything True. has to have symmetry to it. Everything, perfect lines. Like right now I'm looking <laughs> at the acoustic panels behind your head. It's driving you crazy. Noticing what's one's just a little <laughs> off. So I'm that guy. I'm the guy yeah. at the grocery store that's like fixing the gum and the Tic Tacs if they're out of order. <laughs> and I look weird and people are like, what is he doing? Yeah. Um, but uh, the Bible has symmetry to it mm. and people don't realize it. And it has these, these parallels in the stories. And when you see them, it brings the story closer together. And and so the 10 tests have that in it. Mm. They're also bookended, just like we say the word of God is bookended. Genesis 1 and 2, G- Revelation 21 and 22. Like there's just all the stuff in there that that, that, that we're using this podcast on. Mm-hmm. So that's the cool part for those of you that are, are joining us or subscribing to this on a weekly basis. But you have this obedience of Abraham, but it's not just the fact that he quickly responds, it's the fact that he lasts through all 10 tests. And it's both. It's not one over the other. And so as we've talked about, like as parents, you want your kids to respond right now. Like obey me, you know, obey me right now. Uh, At the same time, we want them to keep obeying what we've now requested. And the same is of God with us. You know, I think maybe that's probably why it's wired in us, you know, just as it's wider in us to not obey yeah. because of sin, as parents, we kind of have that that reflection of of that of the father to our own children. So God says, "Go to a land I won't show you," and He goes without hesitation. Yeah. Um, but He meets all these circumstances that He never thought He was going to meet, and He stays obedient. Uh, God tells him in in the story of Isaac, Genesis twenty two to take your son and go. And it says early in the morning, he rose and went. Mm. He didn't hesitate. He didn't linger. That's what we saw with Lot. Lot lingers yep. in the city. Abraham moves quickly. And so we, we were playing with this language, but in the story of like, you get the picture of what happens with Lot and his family when he lingers in what the world and the city has to offer him. And yet then you see the quick response, but the steadfast faithfulness of Abraham and what God does with that when, when your heart is bent into that. And, and that's what you're seeing play out from beginning to end. Mm. And both stories actually are the only two times you find in the story of Abraham that God says, go to the land. Now, the first time he does, he tells them that I'll show you, but he uses the same language in Genesis 22, go to the land of of Moriah. So it's bookended with these mm. two commands by God, go to this place or go towards this place. Specific place. And Abraham yeah. doesn't hesitate either time. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're new with us, you're probably wondering Abraham and, and Isaac, uh, how do those two tie in together? Well, Abraham, Isaac is a Abraham's, um, son and God in chapter 22 of Genesis is telling him, uh, basically calling him to take Abraham, take your son with you, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains on which I shall tell you. Um, for you guys wondering how how difficult is that, well, that's a very difficult thing. First and foremost, it's your son. 
to go ahead and offer him as a sacrifice, but probably uh, just as difficult is his one. It's it's, it's his one and only son, and I think uh, that's where the the challenge um, that we you know that I don't want to say necessarily see, but we can maybe assume right that yeah. Abraham is facing. He's yeah. we've seen in in the course of his life the desire to have uh, a son, a desire to continue. Uh, his descendants and continue uh, just as God has promised him. How are you going to fulfill that promise of uh, having descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, right? So that's all in his mind. And then God is telling them the very thing that you've desired is the very thing I want from you. And there's this conflict already in the passage. And if you know any of the story of Abraham that we wrestle with, because you're like, that's not his only son. You know, he has a son, Ishmael with Hagar. And so now you have this tension and this conflict of like, well, why is he saying this is his only son? You know, and yet the reality within the context is this is the son God gave him as the promise. Ishmael was not the, the, the promise that God had. Remember, Sarah steps in and offers Hagar as an opportunity for them to have a son. And they take the situation into their own hands. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you can read the story, you know, of, of, of Ishmael a few chapters before God still uses him, blesses him, provides for them, but it's not the promise that God had told him. So therefore that's why you get this language of his son, his one and only Mm. son. It's more of the emphasis for those that might be confused that this is the promised son from God and whom he would bless the world through. Mm. And therefore that obviously elevates the relationship and the importance and, and all of those things, because this is that one is really what it's trying to tell us. If you read it just off the pages, you're like, Dude has two sons. What are we talking about here? <laughs> you know, you're not yeah. supposed to have favoritism as a parent, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. But yeah. in this circumstance, this is the promised one in, in, in a cliche way of saying it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's really good, man. And I just, uh, and again, I think, you know, with the, with that anticipation of him being the promised son comes a, just an overwhelming, um, the scenario just, it changes like it, it goes from zero to 100 the moment God says, hey, listen, now I need you to do something that is very difficult and very challenging. And, uh, and I just love how God really desires to see his actions. As you mentioned something on Sunday, your actions reflect your soul. And so we see that and how quickly Abraham responded. Yeah. And not only responded, but as we mentioned, stayed the course Yep. We, we lose that in our faith. Many yeah. self-proclaiming Christians don't see the, uh, not just, I wouldn't say the, the nuance, but the, the uh, necessity of understanding what true faith is. We tend to, at least the outside culture that looks in on our faith would tell you that like your faith is a set of beliefs, but what they mean is like a creed or mm you know, a set of statements or, you know, you hear people say like, what are your doctrinal beliefs on your church website? It's always amazing. Cause like that's outside of like your kid's page on your website, yep. your doctrinal beliefs is like the second most viewed that's people huge. are wanting to see these things. But as we always say, like we can write them down for you. Great. And, and, and yet we don't still always use the same or the, the perfect wording that someone might be seeking out. Mm. And so we say, listen, see it on paper, 
but come watch it in our lives. That's and good. that's that piece of faith is, is an action just as much as it is a belief. And that's so good. therefore that's where we lose and it's a disconnect. Cause you're like, well, I have all these thoughts in my head. I'm supposed to be believing, but you're not acting upon your faith. And when you put your faith in action, this is what James, the brother Jesus writes about, you know, show me your faith without works. You know, he's not saying we're working our way into salvation, but he's saying you can't disconnect this. And there's too many times we have, all the right head knowledge and we have no heart in action towards it. And how many times have we sat with people and we go, you know what God's word says, don't you? And they say, Oh yeah. Then why aren't you doing it? Cause I don't want to. Well, that's not real faith because real faith is stepping yeah. with what you believe and together those two things being unified, being played out. It's like, you know, when we go to Brazil in a few weeks, I tell people it changes your whole life because when you go live out your faith, in the mm. most uncomfortable circumstances. Now, now all of a sudden, everything you had in your head has to play out through your hands and your feet on behalf of others. Now we start really getting in this. Yeah. And that's what we see with Abraham. We see that his faith is not just a set of beliefs of this far off God that's speaking to this big deep voice at him, you know, come over here to this yeah. land and he yeah. follows it. He is actively pursuing this God. He's actively staying faithful in God. And what this God asks of him and requests, he actively does. And that is real faith. Yeah, no, that's, that is good stuff, man. Um, and we end up camping really here, you know, for this, yeah. for this, um, teaching and it says it's so much to grab from so much to absorb and take in, in regards to, uh, your faith, applying that, keeping that, staying steady with that. Um, you know, we look at Abraham's just body language, right? Whatever we can really grab from scripture. It's like, we don't see someone, uh, that is hesitant in any way. Um, talk to us a little bit. You brought a really good, uh, analogy of, um, of just a father, yeah. preparing this and how that, how that would be. Yeah, for so if you were with us on Sunday, you know, I, I, I want you to absorb this a little bit more. If you've not been with us, it was just as I was praying and studying one of those perspectives into the story where you're thinking like, Hey, is there, is there a different angle to see just mm. the weight of this uh, that I haven't seen or felt before? And God just began to show me this, the, the weight of the father with a son truly. And I started to think about like with my own son. And here we talked about this, that, that, that Abraham is an altar builder. And I don't think people pay attention to that in scripture, in his story, that wherever he went, he built altars to the Lord to worship him. And yet even in this setting, it says that they were going to build an altar of worship. You know, and so it's, you know, we know what's being asked to be on top of that altar and his son Isaac, but every single one of these moments is a moment of worship wow. in his faith. And I started thinking about like, how long does it take to build an altar? How many rocks would it have taken to build it up? Yeah. You know, we don't know how old Isaac is. We, we, we assume, I think the way the story is told that he's a young boy, maybe like a young man, teenage years. Um, we don't get that clear answer in that. So how tall is he? How long is he? Like, wow. like how wide does this thing need to be? How tall does it need to be? How much wood does it need to have on top of it? Just trying to get those pictures in your head of like, what must this have been like? We know it's a three day journey and, and so I started thinking like, you know, we, I have two kids in college now and 
that first one's always the hardest just because it's all new. Mm. And I remember the journey to college to drop Kobe off. Like when we pulled out of the driveway, just what was spinning in my head, like he's not coming back here with me on this trip. Mm. You know, when we cleaned out his room, you know, to take his stuff to college, just how empty it felt, you know, leaving, knowing when I come back, he won't be sleeping in that bed again, you know? And as a father who has a, a desire to have a close relationship with my kids, like, so I'm trying to enjoy the ride, but yet there's this part of me that's just starting to break and ache inside. And then you get to the campus and you're enjoying kind of the moments, but you know that day's coming when you're going to drive away and he's going to stay here. And I remember that morning at breakfast, like I couldn't have conversations with him because literally I had that lump in my throat. Like if he says the right thing, mm. I'm, I'm going to lose it. And I don't want to lose it right now because wow. we haven't even pulled away yet. And when we had that moment, we literally had to take his car to like the freshman parking lot, which is like a gravel pit off campus, which to me was perfect because like no one's here to watch me just sob like a baby with my son, you know, because I'm, I'm leaving him here. Yeah. And I had all those pictures in my head of the Abraham story. Like that was just leaving my son behind for college. What is going through his head as a father having to lay his son on his altar? Wow. Sarah, hey, he's not going to come back with me. God has asked me to sacrifice him. So when they leave and he's thinking that for three days on this journey, then he's climbing the mountain and he's laying the rocks and his son is asking these questions like, Dad, where's the sacrifice? And he's saying God will provide it. It's like you can read that with like I think too much spirituality. Like he's just like, Yes, son, God will provide it. Or you can see some human emotion going, mm. I would have had a lump in my throat. That would have probably come out in like three different octaves because <laughs> like my, my voice is breaking, going, God will provide. Yeah. But right now, I don't know when and how, right? Like what is going on inside of him to get to this moment? And I think that's powerful because to me, it allows me to see through the agony of the request, yet still the heart to obey. This is the hardest thing I'm going to do and have to do. And I probably don't want to do any of it, but I'm going to because God asked it of me. Like wow. that's, that's powerful. I think when you yeah. sit in that for a moment in the story. Yeah. You put yourself, try to put yourself in their shoes and understand like what could possibly going on in their mind. As you mentioned, just brick, brick by um stone, uh, stone by, by stone, stone. Yeah. yep stone like, by stone you're just like oh my gosh like and 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 Isaac's you know cognitive of what's taking place he's right. old enough to understand like there needs you know where is yep. he's seen this before you know so there's an understanding there and, and there's part of that I think you see in his life that's why he's one of the forefathers mm. you hear it in scripture I'm the god of Abraham Isaac and Jacob, you know, you you hear these three generations because of his obedience. And we didn't have time to get into that, but there is part of that in his heart. Like what kid just willingly is like, if this is what you're asking of me, dad, I'll wow. do it. Right. Yep. And so he's laying there. See that yep. from his perspective. Yeah. Cause he's been he placed fought. on the altar. Yeah. It says, and then Abraham lifted up the knife. Goodness. So it's not like he fought him to get on there. And it's not like he had to wrestle him to get him there, but we do know he had to bind him. Yeah. That's part of the story. So think about that as a dad. Like you haven't gotten to the actual climactic moment of possibly having to 
sacrifice, but you're taking a rope and you're you're binding the hands and feet of your own child. But uh, my 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 you know as I'm, I'm analyzing this in my brain, he he just didn't place them there and tie them and just like you know I I, I don't know I, I feel like there was maybe some type of conversation or something yeah. like son, this is what God has asked of me and I don't understand what's happening. I All I am is just so being obedient right. to what he wants. Like I can imagine something like that. Yeah, it's and, not It's not changing the scriptures, yeah. definitely not adding. Yeah. It's just that kind of in between the lines, like we're all human yeah. and we all have these feelings and emotions. Like you said, what's the conversation we don't know about? Yeah. But what's a way in which I can just think upon it that yeah. makes me feel the weight of the fact that if he did this and was still obedient, what is holding me back from mm. being obedient to the request God has for me? Yeah. You know, and so people are listening. I don't know what it is that God keeps speaking to them and the Holy Spirit keeps whispering in their ear and they keep fighting it and keep fighting it. Well you don't understand God. You don't know what's gonna you know mean for me. You don't know what's gonna look like. God, you don't know what it's gonna do if I make this decision or I make this move or I, I say yes to this or I give this. Like like we are thinking through all of the yeah. ramifications, yeah. trying to reason with God. And as I said Sunday, here's Abraham he pleads with God on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah and yet we read nothing about him pleading with God on behalf Crazy. of his own son and you're just like man there's so much in this story that I wow. could just sit around and you could you could spin your head for too long yeah so you have to come back and go but look at his faithful obedience from test one to test 10 all the way through yeah. and and there there's once again there's some symmetry you know because he raises a knife, and then it says the Lord speaks, Abraham, Abraham, stop, right? And uh, there's there's the story of Hagar and Ishmael, and they're out in the wilderness, and they've run out of water, and they're at the end, and she thinks he's going to die laying over on a rock, and then the angel speaks. So it's like here's two stories of his two sons, both at the moment where you think they're both going to be done. Mm. And yet God steps in right then. And how many times do we get to that place where we think like, it's done. It's over. Like, it's not coming back. It's not going to work out. Yeah. It's not going to be the way that, that, that I had hoped. And then God is taking us to that final moment, as we said. Like, he waited for that final piece. Not just the final stone. Not the final piece of wood. Not the final rope around his 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 wrist, the final moment of he's actually going to go all the way to the end. Wow. Wow. Now, now I'll show up and I'll, yeah. and I'll show him where we're going from here. Yeah. And you asked, I mean, you, 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 you told the church on Sunday, what's the thing in your life God is asking you to come and place on the altar and sacrifice. Yeah. And we've gotten crazy stories already. Yeah. Been getting text messages and emails and stuff. I can't, share on the podcast because it's so personal for yeah. people that they were like, I've been holding on to this for years. Mm. And God said, put it on the altar today. And it, and, and for the first time I feel a release from something that I had such a tight grip on. And, and that that's where we can take the story and, and try to apply it to our life. But we still don't want to miss what's happening in the story because that is that's where the power lies this is god's story this is god's word he wanted us to know this story for a reason yeah 
And, and so therefore that's why it shows up in scripture. And there are those nuances of it that I think not just change our faith and belief, but change our faith and how we live it out. Yeah. You mentioned a, a word here, a Hebrew word uh, called uh, hinemi. Yeah, Talk hin- to us about hineni. that. Hineni. So it's, yeah, sorry, uh, what's crazy hineni. is that I, someone gave me for like past appreciation, this little teeny devotional and it was like a Hebrew word a day. And so I would open up in the morning before I did all my other time with God and, and scripture reading and, and prayer. And I saw this word and I literally like dog-eared it in the book. And I was like, I loved it because it just said, here I am. And so the, like the little devotion was like, could this be your prayer today? Mm. And then all of a sudden I'm back in this story a few weeks ago and I'm reading some stuff and studying some stuff. And that word appears again, because I'm looking at some Hebrew words and things like that. And they're like, how many times did Abraham say this word? And then I realized he said it all the time. Wow. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, this is great. This word that I, that I liked and I was kind of paying attention to is really rooted in the story. And this Hebrew word, Hineni, is, is simply here I am or maybe in a better picture is like, like a, uh, someone in the military saying like at your service. So this is Abraham's response over and over and over again to God. God calls him here. I am Hineni, you know, go to the land. I will show you, you know, and take your only son. Here I am Hineni, you know, like it's this one little word that has such this deep profound meaning in our life. And so literally it's been causing me to, Pray it. Pray it in my own morning time with God. Just, God, here I am today. I'm at your service. God, here I am today. I don't know where you're taking me. I don't want know what you want to do with me. I don't want to know what you do through. I, I don't know what you want to do through me. I'm at your service. And I shared a story. I won't share it here about my tire yeah. going flat and this guy showing up to help. And here I am trying to get my tire off. And I'm like, this guy, you're taking my time. I got to get to the gym. I got to get to the office, you know, my schedule. And I'm hearing this in the back of my head, like, Hey, here I am. I'm at your service. Yeah. Well, if you're really at my service, stop worrying about the tire. Listen to this guy and his story right now. And, and so it's like, it's just been there now. Wow. And it's a word that like, I think if people could grab, it's one of those words that, that you can use over and over again as your response back to God. Mm, That's so good, man. Um, yeah. Is there anything, any further deeper that you maybe want to tie some things in? Um, like, like we were saying a little bit earlier, but you made a response or you, you made a call to anyone that wants to, you know, place that one thing in their life or, or come and, 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 and that thing in your life, make it, what, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to put in the altar? And we, and like you said, we had a great response from a lot of people and they've shared a lot of great things that they've been able to just really let go. Um, but it really is uh, taking that stance of like releasing like God yeah. here, here I am, I'm giving you by faith the one thing that I'm holding on to. I'm gripping too tight on, and I need I, I need to let loose and give it to you in the altar. Yeah, you. I think I think this whole story just kind of culminates in this reality because you read this story at face value, and as we've said, if you don't know the Bible and you don't know anything about this faith, you're like, 
this is why I don't want to trust any of this stuff. Mm. Anything, any, any type of religion where a God is asking someone to kill their son. Like I want nothing to do with that type of a deal. But as you peel that back and you start to see what God was doing to test his heart, but then Abraham's faithfulness and obedience as to where our hearts should be, you start to catch this picture that is far beyond the story of Abraham. And this is where we've talked about before, like all throughout the scriptures, what, is what I've learned to call there are shadows of the Messiah. Yes. There are pieces in the story that point us to this promise that God has given Abraham. So that's why this story is important because the promise to bless the world is God saying, I'm sending the Messiah. He's going to come through your descendants. Mm. Jesus will be one of them and will arrive. It's why Matthew, you know, writes, this is the genealogy of Jesus. And it starts with, Abraham, you know, he wants you wow. to know that. But the the reality is the faith of Abraham and what it's actually displaying. So when you take like James chapter two, this is what it says in verse 21. It says, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? So there's that faith action correlation and what he was willing to do even by offering his son. And this is, once again, this is in the book of James in the New Testament. Verse 22, you see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. So James is not cutting any corners here. And this is, you know, the brother of Jesus. Like, you have to be active in your faith. Mm. You can you can read it as much as you want. you got to stand up and walk with this, you know, at some point. Um, and then it says this. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Mm. And so there is uh, what you find Paul writing about that, you know, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. What did he believe God for? And how did that correlate into his righteousness, into being right with God? And so we looked at the verse in Hebrews chapter 11, where it says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, who had received the promise in offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Once again, that's that blessing. And then verse 19, he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So here's his faith. God, you promised that through my descendant, this son, you would bring the Messiah the world needs, the blessing. And I have such faith that it's going to happen past me. His faith was credited to him, his righteousness. And so like, like we look back on the things of Jesus, right? We look back and say, hey, we know Jesus came and he died and rose, and we have faith that that happened. Abraham is having faith forward that it's coming. Still the same faith, because it still involves the same person, and it involves the same promise from God. But as our faith is always coming from what happened, his faith was in what's going to happen, and he has such faith, he's saying, if, if God asks me to sacrifice my son, he has the power to raise him from the dead. Wow. How does he have that much faith? Because for nine tests, he stayed faithful and he saw God work in every single one of them. Wow. And if he saw God work through those nine, he knew God could work in the 10th one. And that's the power of it in the story that we're finding out here. That's so good, man. And, and, and it builds that 
strength. You know, you start to build uh, strength. Not that faith ever gets easy, right? It's 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 believing in something that's not seen, but as you're seeing God move and it's active in your life, that faith, you start to, it, it kind of builds um, muscle, maturity. It builds this spiritual muscle in your life where you're able now to, uh, yeah, still be affected, still be tough, still be challenging, but I've seen him do it before. He'll do it again. Yeah, and that's, that's the key right there. Yeah. How many times in hindsight, you don't get it in the moment. Like that's the struggle with our faith. Yeah. Where are you, God? What are you doing? Then God works in his timing. And then now you can rest in. I saw him do it. Yeah. So I'm looking backward yeah. in my story that I'm telling to someone. And I have faith forward that it's he'll continue to do it. Yeah. That that's the powerful point. The 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 bigger correlation in this story you know, that maybe some people don't get or see or understand lies in where God asks Abraham to go and the language he uses with Abraham. And it's on two accounts. He says, go to the land of Moriah. And the land of Moriah is the land of Jerusalem today. Wow. And so here Abraham is asked to take this sacrifice up the mountain to Moriah, which is in symmetry, but also in symbolism and in picture form of of the land of Jerusalem as the nation of Israel would one day wow. settle in his descendants, in which we know today. Um, and so that's the 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 first kind of connector point in the story that 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 some people don't know. Some people who grew up in church um, may have heard. And the other part is in the language. Take your one and only son. You, you, you know, and so where do we hear that again? We hear that in, in Jesus, yeah. John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And so you have the, this picture playing out in the story of Abraham of him willing to give up the most important thing in his life to do whatever it is that God wanted him to do and to be faithful and obedient because he believed in the promises of God on Mount Moriah, you know, you know, hyphen Jerusalem, you yeah, know, yeah. for those that are listening. And then God comes along later, sends his one and only son, takes him up, you know, uh, a hill, Calvary, outside of Jerusalem, in the area of Jerusalem, and gives up his one and only son as wow. a sacrifice for us. And so there's this redemptive parallel in the story um, as to... Um, almost once again, a bookend, our forefather Abraham, who's been promised that through a descendant of yours, the whole world will be blessed, has a piece of his story shadowing and mimicking and mirroring the story of Christ the Messiah when he arrives and God giving up his son and taking it all the way through for us in action. Mm, that's amazing. I love that tie-in. Yeah. It's so it's, good. It's, it's 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 powerful and it's why the story of Jesus matters so much. Yeah. And this is where the story of God points us to Jesus in the Old Testament and it points us back at Jesus in the New Testament. Yeah, that's fantastic, man. Woo, this has been so good. So good. I hope you guys again just really continue to dive in deeper with us. You can find a lot of our resources at our uh, never ending story resource resource page. 
Uh, that's Genesis Church Orlando backslash the never ending story and uh, find it everything that you need there to really stay plugged in with us. But once again, we're, we're so thankful that you guys were able to tune in and be a part of what is taking place here at Genesis. Uh, we have this teaching is available for you guys on YouTube and Facebook uh, through Genesis Church Orlando. So backslash Genesis Church Orlando, you can find these teachings and plug in with us. Like I said earlier, Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11.30. Come be a part of what's happening here at Genesis Church. And don't forget to subscribe and also follow us on Post Sunday Podcast on Instagram. So really appreciate you guys tuning in uh, and we'll see you guys back here next week grace and peace thanks for listening to the post sunday podcast presented by genesis church a place to go further discover more and to learn things you possibly never have be sure to follow us on instagram facebook and youtube at genesis church orlando and at post sunday podcast Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.